0: In the meantime, I'm going to do something. I'm reading. I'm reading my Bible through in a year, just like you folks. Some of you are done already, but I'm in uh, the major prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel. I am really denunciatory against sin right now. I'm just in the mood. I mean, you read those four books back to back, and you read Israel. What in the world you made God mad? He did. They did. They provoked him to jealousy. They provoked him to anger. They were just. They were. He called them stiff-necked. They were stubborn. They were. They were just. No matter. Basically, no matter how God came to those people, they didn't want to do His will. Basically, they didn't want to do His will. Now you know Israel is back into the land, which is a. Ooh, that's a really that's Ezekiel chapter 37 uh, Valley of dry bones. but they're back in the land right now without breath. The sinews are connected together. the bodies are standing up but they're dead. They're not they're not the breath has not come to them. That will come in the tribulation period towards the end of the tribulation period according to the book of Romans they'll be Israel will be saved as, as, as in a day. What they're going to do, they're eventually going to realize Jesus was the Messiah, and we missed him. And a, a large group of them are going to say, "We believe that Thou art, you're our Messiah, you're our King. It was to come. They'll be saved as in a day. But right now, they're dry bones. They're there. They've been gathered, and they're being, by the way, gathered. This war creates a lot of uh, magnetism for Jews spread throughout the world, especially." especially in places where they start receiving persecution. Uh, Jews they, they, uh, in Detroit, they had a president of a synagogue knife to death in front of her house, 45-year-old woman. It's a hate crime. You, I, don't, you, I don't know if you know it, but there's a lot of people out there that are still the old Nazi, the old white supremacist Nazi. They think the Jews are the cause of all the problems in the world. They don't believe the Bible, obviously. Without the Jew, you don't have Jesus. Without Jesus, you don't have salvation, and you're still in your sin, and you're 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 uh, you're hopeless without the Jews, as the, the God chose Abraham, which was a Syrian, by the way, He chose Abraham to be called to form a nation, a thing that never had been done. That he would through that nation, he would reveal himself to the world. Well, has he? He has. He has. Christ came, he came into his own, his own received him not, so what did he do? He turned to the Gentiles. You and I are here tonight, probably everybody in this room, Gentile, that got saved and came to Christ as Savior because of the rejection of Israel, of their Messiah, because they rejected their Messiah, we received him, amen, and we get the blessings of of the Messiah, which is forgiveness of sins and a place in heaven. In the meantime, he's had to discipline them and is disciplining them. They've been persecuted in World War II. They've been persecuted wherever they go. The, the, The persecution of the Jews is unnatural. It could only be explained supernaturally by the hate of the devil for the nation that brought the one, the Messiah, who destroyed him. Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, and he's not happy. He's not going to be happy. And uh, during the middle of the tribulation, however, he's kicked out of heaven. He's going to be allowed to come here on earth. Satan right now is not at work. And boy, there's going to be all hell is going to break loose that last three and a half years of the tribulation period. Because Satan's going to be, know his time is short. He's going to be kicked out of heaven, finally. And he'll be here on earth for about three and a half years. And that's what we, by the grace of God, Christians, will there be Christians on earth? Yes, people are going to get saved during the tribulation period. And they're going to pay for it with their life. They're going to be hunted down like dogs. Beheaded and uh, persecuted. Uh, basically, the, the instruction to them is: be faithful unto death. You're not getting delivered. He says, "And be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life." Yeah. So, so tonight I'm going to talk about, and tomorrow night, and the next, and the next few, next few Wednesdays, next few Wednesdays, we're going to talk about this. Once the fire quits about divine lies. There were, I got tweaked when I was reading through Ezekiel and Jeremiah, they use this word divine lies. Divine lies, supernatural lies that people tell. We live in a world of communication. Like I said before, maybe there's never been communication like this in the past, maybe since Noah for sure. No no it never have been communication like this. So uh, you have a lot of what they've named misinformation. Well, what is misinformation? It's lies. There's only truth and lie. There can't be two truths. There could be a thousand lies, but there's going to be one truth. So when you look on the Internet for something, you've got to make sure it's real. You need to fact check what you read. It don't well, Just because it's on the Internet and it looks important does not make it real. Chris got caught. Chris, you know, you know Chris Barrows remember he preached a few Sundays ago he preached on people thinking something's true when it's not remember how he was going through that list at the beginning of the sermon and he said people actually believe that Washington had wooden teeth but he didn't and I looked at my wife and said he did he had looked that up on the internet but if you go to Mount Vernon you can actually see the wooden teeth that he wore they carved him out false teeth, painted them white, and he put them in, he put a spring in them. So when you would open your mouth, that it would open with your mouth, but it was real hard on your jaws because you had to hold that spring, you had to hold it down. And when they get their picture taken, I wanted to know why don't people smile in the old timers in the eighteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds, seventeen? Why did they smile? They smiled because they didn't smile because they didn't have their teeth. And if they in his case where he had if you see those old photos, you go back and look at them. They're, they're holding their mouth together. Because I think he had one tooth left. He had one When Bob died, I think he had one tooth. He a few teeth. He had a few. He didn't have many left. Yeah. See, you young people, you ought to get down, you ought to give your mom if are still alive a kiss on their cheek for taking you to the dentist and getting you fluoride in your toothpaste because that's the only reason you don't have in fact, that's the only reason you probably got any teeth. But we that didn't—I didn't have fluoride. When I was fourteen years old, man. I spent tens of thousands of dollars on my teeth, tens of thousands of dollars, because they just wanted to rot out of my head because the enamel was soft. What fluoride does is an ingenious thing; it causes the enamel to be hard. And when your enamel's hard, it doesn't decay. Troy got his first—I uh, think he got his first cavity a few, just a few years ago. He was like, and his wife's same way. They don't they, they they think that's like real that's like the real world. That's not the real world. The real world is your teeth right out of your head. You have abscesses. How many here had an abscess tooth? Oh, you know what I'm talking about. We ought to go out to eat together. Abscess tooth, brother. It's like a boil. You don't think of anything else. There's nothing else you think about but that abscess tooth. That's all you think. You young people have been saved from a lot of suffering, God bless your soul. So why did I say all that? Hmm? George Washington. False concepts and fact-checking. You need to fact-check. Make sure what you read on the Internet is real stuff. Because there's a lot of preachers on the Internet, a lot of well-known preachers with huge congregations that are false teachers, false prophets. The Bible is full, New Testament especially, and old, is full of warnings about false teachers. So I'm going to spend a few weeks talking about what the book says about divine lies and false teachers that are in this world. Uh, It says in Matthew 24, 11, many false prophets shall rise and deceive many. So we shouldn't be surprised by that. Jesus prophesied it. It is happening, has happened, and is happening. Don't be surprised by that. And Jesus answered in Matthew 24, 4. And Jesus answered said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you. That means you can be deceived. Be careful about being deceived. For many shall come in my name. They, they talk Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They talk Bible. They grab their Bibles and hold them up. They're this as false as can be. They're Like Judas Iscariot uh, said, I'm the Christ and shall deceive many. I think of Jim Jones. Said he was the Christ. I think David Korish said he was the Christ, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of people who have claimed to be the Christ that are not. That's bold, isn't it? When people say they're the Christ, that's bold. That's a, that's a lie of lies coming out, but they're, they're out there. Beware. There are many warnings about false teachers and false prophets. These are some of the passages, and I didn't, we're not going to take time to read them, just to show you that they're there. Those are the passages that deals real big with. Look, there are 22 verses in Second Peter, uh, and then you just and these are just a sample. False prophets are a two-edged sword. False prophets, in some degree, are for us; they're for us to prove us true. There it is, First Corinthians 11:19. For there must also be heres- er, for there must be also heresies among you that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. So basically what amounts? am why does God allow false teachers? He allows false teachers to see who's real, who's not real. I've been, oh my, my, the devil's hit on me hard through all kinds of ways to try to get me to move off what the Bible teaches, to try to get me to just move on. You don't have to change course a lot to miss your mark, you know, Nick knows that, and as his captain, if you, just, if you try to go to the Tortugas, I think the Tortugas is about 180 from here. If you go out off the way, of Tortuga, Dry Tortugas is almost due south of here. But if you go 185, you're going to miss the Tortugas. You probably won't even see it by the time you get there. It's about 120 miles south. You miss it. The, folk, the false prophets are allowed to be around for the folks that are wayward and disobedient to punish them. The days of visitation are come; the days of recompense are come. Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool; the spiritual man is mad for the multitude of thine iniquity and the great hatred. What he's basically say there in Hosea is, I'm allowing false prophets to come along as part of your punishment for not believing the truth, not following the truth. So why false prophets? For to prove to those that are real are real. If you don't have a, t- if you don't ever have a test, how do you know who you are? God believes in tests. Your whole life is really a test by the grace of God. So let me get into this area about divine lies. Jeremiah 14, 14, The Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. That's going on. I sent them not. Neither have I commanded them. Neither spake unto them. They prophesy you a false vision. They had a vision, but it's false. Uh, A divination, which is really, that's almost witchcraft and a thing of naught, and deceive of their heart. In other words, they speak of their own spirit. I saw a guy on TV years ago. He got up on the TV, and he says, God just told me that somebody out there has a pain in their stomach right now. Anybody in, this, anybody in this room got a pain in their stomach right now? Well, he was talking to thousands of people. Well, all you got to do is do the numbers. If you talk to a few thousand people, somebody out there is going to have a pain in their stomach. Man, what kind of trickery is that kind of deal? And I heard what the prophets say in Jeremiah 23. It prophesied lies in my name saying I have dreamed, I have dreamed. Oh, I had people come up to me and say, I had a dream. And God told me to tell you. They come to me and told me that. I said, whoa, whoa, stop. I don't even want to hear it. If God wants to talk to me, he can talk to me. You know, I talk to him all the time. He and I are talking all the time. In fact, I have the Holy Spirit in me and he's whispering to me and talking to me on a regular basis and I'm reading his Bible and the Bible's talking to me because 95% of what God wants you to know is in the Bible. So 95% of what God wants to tell you, you just read it in the Bible. He'll tell you. The other 5% is the Holy Spirit in specific cases will lead you and guide you and direct you and bump you and encourage you and strengthen you and teach you. He'll teach you for sure. And so, he says they prophesy lies and say, Oh, I've dreamed. This is big. I hate to say it among the Pentecostals. There's the Pentecostals have just given into this. I mean, just about anybody. If a if a woman gets up and misses something and says, I got a word from the Lord, they don't say a word about it when the Bible forbids it. For you that don't know the Bible, you're saying, What do you mean, preacher? Well, the Bible in 1 Corinthians says. Only men can do that. Women can't do that. And if there is men, only three men. If they speak in tongues, they've got to have an interpreter. The Bible says women are to keep silent in the church when it talks about teaching, preaching. Does that seem strange to you? If it does, that's because you've been watching Pentecostal stuff, which is not biblical. And, and, you know, you can fact-check me on all this. What are some divine lies? Well, I got a bunch of them. I got 15 divine lies. These are pretty well-known. and Tonight, we're never never just going to take a a couple of them. Uh, These are well-known divine lies, well-known. You've probably heard of them, in fact. Under grace, our sins do not really matter. This is kind of the grace awakening movement. There's been a what they call a grace awakening movement. What that was, an emphasis on grace and a de-emphasis on obedience. I didn't say a de-emphasis on the law. I said a de-emphasis on obedience. Obedience is the very best way to show that I believe. If I love Jesus, I'm going to keep his commandments. So, though I'm saved by grace, I work. I keep. James puts it this way. You show me your faith. You show me your, your your faith by your he says something really good. I'll show you my faith by my works. You show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith with my works. Your works should line up with your faith. That's basically the teaching of the book of James, chapter three. I definitely wasn't a quote of it though. Under grace, our sins don't really matter, they say. Well, here's what the Bible says. What should we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? And when he said we, you're talking about the Apostle Paul talking. The Holy Spirit in the Apostle Paul talking. Is Paul saved? I think Paul was saved. Okay. So it says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Obviously, sinners continue in sin because they're not born from above. That makes sense. A duck quacks because it's a duck. A chicken clucks because it's a chicken. A sinner sins because they're sinners. But a born-again believer that has been born from above and has the Holy Spirit, if I may, can I say it this way? It's not natural or normal that we would sin. It should do something to you if you sin. You should have a, "Uh," because the Holy Spirit in you will be grieved, It'll be, the Bible says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God which is in you. Quenched. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. You don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. That's what we have. So we have a holy barometer in there showing us this is right, this is wrong. But they don't. And so what's Paul say to that question? Shall we continue in sin? Are we born again Christians? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid! How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? The question, of course, is and the whole rest of the chapter, you don't read the rest of the chapter, verses, in fact, I think I have 11 through 14 in here in the next slide. I do. And In the same chapter, it says, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. You need the Holy Spirit for this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it, and the lusts thereof. Neither you your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. The, the clincher, verse 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law, but under grace. You're under something. Everybody is under authority. Some authority. Either the devil, the flesh, or the world. Or the Holy Spirit and God Himself. You're under some you're under some of these, things. I'm free, man. Yeah? I don't think so. Not like you may think. So it's the, the duty of God's man in Ezekiel 44, 23, and they shall teach my people the difference between the holy and profane, and cause them to discern between the clean and the unclean. That is the duty of of a true prophet preacher, teacher of the Bible. We have Paul Paul Chilson's a teacher of the Bible. We have Todd Whiffs, a teacher of the Bible. We have Bud Calver's a pastor, teacher of the Bible. We have a lot of teachers of the Bible in this room that have taught the Bible. And for these boys, these boys I mentioned here, and others in this room. Troy teaches some Bible. Uh, let's see who else here teaches the Bible. But in other words, you have Bible classes or you've taught Bible classes and you, you've studied the Word of God. Uh, one, one of our duties is to show people the difference between the holy and the unholy, the true and the false. The violation of a false teacher and, or a false pastor is her priests have violated my law. They have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. You hear me get up and down, jump up and down, get red-faced, and do everything, and you may say they're all preacher. That's just that's just a, a preference you have or a pretty thing. But rock and roll music, I played in a rock band and cut a record with uh, one of those record coming. I can't remember you'd know it if I told you. Never went anywhere, thank God. And uh, played lead guitar for years. Had a $25,000 Gibson guitar. I only paid 300 bucks for it, but I saw it on the road show the other day for 25000 bucks. So my wife had the audacity to ask me, why didn't you keep that? I said, there's a reason why I didn't keep it, because I'd be back over doing that stuff in a bar somewhere, half drunk, playing rock and roll music. They bring that. They have the audacity to bring that sex music. That's what they call that, rock and roll. They're very birth of that music was around sensuality, flesh. And if you read Romans chapter 8, nobody that's in the flesh can please God. You don't want to bring flesh into the church where we meet. And these people did the same thing. That was the sin. They were, they said to bring rock and roll in. I don't know what it was. I never heard what they did, but they brought whatever was in the world. They brought it in into the holy... And they didn't—they didn't show the difference between that which was holy and that which was profane. Neither did they uh, show difference between the unclean and the clean. They hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I'm a, I am—I am profaned among them. If you want to know why Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, and Lamentations and Ezekiel are so tough, it's because God has been profaned in their midst, and they were the ones that were to take the name of God throughout the world and tell them that he is the creator of all that is, and they failed miserably, miserably. Can you make God mad? Oh, he can get mad. I always say this, if you please God, everything is good. If you don't please God, nothing good. Nothing good. And I'm done with this. That was number one. Number two, I'm going to review these down the road. Keeping rules makes you righteous. People think somehow that keeping rules makes you righteous, keeping the law. You say, nobody believes that. Door to door, I'm going to say, and Brother Calvert, maybe I don't know what you're experiencing. My experience is almost nine out of ten people that I get to the place where I can ask them, do you believe if you died you'd go to heaven? And they say, yeah, I believe I'd go there. Well, why would, And I ask the question, why would you go there? And Nine out of ten, because they've done something good. They took an old woman across the street when the light was red. She didn't want to go, but they took her anyway. I mean, or they've given to the Jerry Lewis marathon for muscular dystrophy, or they've given a few dollars to the church, or they've gone to mass every day at 7 a.m., uh, you know, seven days a week for the last 25 years, and somehow they think because they've done those things, because they've done all and they come up with the craziest stuff, but somehow God's going to accept them because their good works are going to be weighed against their bad works. Let me tell you the truth tonight. Your good works are not going to be weighed against your bad works. You don't have any good works. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. What a disappointment it's going to be for them to go before the white great white throne judgment in Revelation chapter 20. And have realized, a horror, realizing they're not judged. That that, that they, they got. Imagine, imagine God rehearsing to you every bad thing you've ever done, ever done. It's a book about that thick. Now, some of you young people may not have that big a book yet, but us we old kind of timers, especially if you're not saved, you you get a bigger. And old timers get worse as they get older. They don't get better. They get worse. They get nasty. Know that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ. And we might be justified by the faith of Christ, not by the works of the law, Or by the works of the law. Let's, let's repeat the next word. Let's start with shall. Shall no flesh be justified. The word justified means declared not guilty. If you somehow think you're going to stand before God and he's going to weigh your good works against your bad and you're going to somehow be qualified to go to heaven, it's a divine lie. A lie. And we'll stop right here because I I want I want to sit on this for a minute. One of my favorite subjects. Don't be sucked in by what's popular, by who's got the biggest church, by how many people are going. How could they be wrong? They got 35,000, 95,000, 250,000 people a Sunday show up. So do the Islamics. So do the Hindus. Massive. 84% of all of India's Hindu. I believe the last time I thought of it, I asked G.S. Nair, India is now 1.5 billion people. 1.5 billion. They're going to exceed China, he told me, soon are going to exceed the number of china in people i got two i got an indian here tonight by birth 84% of them are hindu you don't think they got a lot of people go showing up at the temple you don't think just because people show up just because the, in fact if you look at the bible mostly the most of the time in fact jesus said few be there that find it not many be there that find it. So it doesn't surprise me that the people who are pre- preaching the truth out of the word of God oftentimes have small groups, smaller groups, and not big, huge, massive attraction to the world. It makes, now, doesn't mean it can't happen. I've known, In fact, in the 70s, in the 1970s, the ten largest in the churches in the United States were independent, fundamental Baptist churches. You remember that. Ten largest churches in the United States. That's not now. The United States has turned away. Consequently, they're not attending those groups like they once did. But anyway, those are divine lies. Be careful. We're just going to go through 15 of these pretty quickly. And so I've done my introduction, so it'll be be quicker next Wednesday. We'll go through probably five of them. And about two more Wednesdays will be done. And just go over them. These are the main ones that I hear regularly on the Internet, on the TV. And so we want to just kind of give you a heads up on these i tell you something, why we don't believe they're true. Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the Word of God. Call us, so oh dear God, by thy blessed Holy Spirit and thy Word. Help us to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com.